0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: That is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is not and, as simple you know, why, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I
1: didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It
0: opened so, up so many know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal.
1: Listen to The Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
1: the denver stiff show i'm your host ryan blackburn at nba blackburn on twitter it is wednesday night following a massively eventful nba draft uh the nuggets started off in in some rumors and then they kind of fell off for a little bit and it turns out that that they had a little bit more up their sleeve than just drafting at 22 uh, initial, initial thoughts were, were a little bit off, but they got a couple of guys that I think the Nuggets fans should be excited about to help me break it all down. I have brought on Gordon Gross, senior writer for Denver Stiffs and Zach Mikosh, deputy site manager for Denver Stiffs to help me out. Guys, uh, it's been, it's been, a, a quite a, a month, honestly, in terms of the busyness, but it got really busy, uh, after about pick 15 or so for the Nuggets,
0: uh yep picked up real quick.
2: <laughs> it uh yeah it the um, yeah, the draft is always such a crazy kind of whirlwind. Uh but it, for some reason tonight yeah it certainly felt like it felt like you know once we got out of the lottery, um things really started to just kind of uh, move very quickly and and you know but but by the time we had finished even really processing, uh their first pick they were making the second one so it was um. It was a, definitely a fast-paced night, so fast-paced and, and hectic that that Ryan, you forgot your most important part of podcasting, which is you did not introduce you, me to, first. you
0: didn't introduce him first. <laughs> How did you not
1: introduce Zach first? Oopsie. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I had I had I knew that Gordon was coming on first, and so I just had his name listed first. Uh, so that was that's that is my fault. Uh, Zach Zach is is second <laughs> in command, but but definitely not. Definitely, like Gordon. Gordon definitely has some second-in-command tendencies. Tendencies, I would say. So he he can he could get the the first slot on this podcast for for the temporary time being.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah Zach's like I'm vetoing this plan. <laughs> no, i all good. Look, man, man we, got, we got we got Zeke Naji and RJ Hampton. Hey, so it's it, been a, it's been a fun night anyway. If
2: it was going to be anyone, all right, no one better than Gordon to be introduced before me.
1: It's true. It's true.
0: Yeah, he doesn't think that he's going to put sugar in my gas tank <laughs> when he's done with this
1: podcast. <laughs> Uh we are drive, all man. delirious at this point and we're having a good time and that's great. Uh but I want to talk about what the what the Nuggets ultimately did because I think it's very fascinating and I think it says a lot about what they're going to do going forward as well. Uh, we're going to talk about Zeke Naji in the first segment. We're going to talk about RJ Hampton in the second segment. And then we're going to talk about how the draft affects free agency in the third segment. So stick around nuggets fans. If you're, if you just want to skip to the, the free agency stuff, because you're, you're, you like pain, uh, then go do that. But for now, let's, let's talk about Zeke Naji, who I think was, even though he was mocked to Denver throughout this process, I think it caught a lot of people by surprise. Uh, Zach, I'm going to start with you because you are first after all. Uh, was that your initial thought with the Zeke Naji selection? Was surprised. Oh yeah, for sure. I I mean, um, I did not expect the
2: Nuggets to go there, but I think it it sort of, it, or at least it makes sense because kind of like we were talking about once you got out of that lottery, there were still like at fifteen, there were still a lot of guys um, that that would work really well with the Nuggets, really good fits. That and you were kind of like thinking like, well, all right, well maybe it'll be it'll be Poku or it'll be. Um, I'm trying to think who else was was sliding there. And, and there were, but there was a number of guys who were who were right there at 15 who looked like they would be good picks for for the Nuggets at 22. And then just one after another, they just came off the board. And so I, I honestly didn't know if the Nuggets were gonna even stay at 22 because he started looking down the list. I was like, man, there's not a lot of guys that they you know that I would think they would pick here. And then they ended up going with Najee, which is fine. Uh he makes sense. I think it, it in some ways it's he went higher probably than people expected. Um, which is why it's a little bit weird. I, I honestly thought at 22 they would probably pick R.J. Hampton. So um I was certainly taken taken uh, off guard by by Naji going at, at 22. But you know, I, I I understand where that that pick comes from. It's um, as as I tweeted when it came out. It's more of a need pick in my eyes than than best player available. The Nuggets need depth in their bigs right now, particularly with so many as of, of their ones from last year's free agents. So you know, it, it, a lot of uh, a decent fit there, and and a good depth kind of guy for them, so it, it makes sense. But yeah, I was not expecting them to go that way at twenty two.
1: Gordon, what about you?
0: Um, I I was expecting a big. Um, I wasn't expecting Naji necessarily, but I mean he'd been rumored. I think Kevin um, O'Connor from the Ringer had him mocked to Denver at twenty two, so I'd looked at him. Yeah. Um, but it's see, I I disagree with Zach on him being a like a a need pick Um, if it was a need pick they would have gone with somebody like Xavier Tillman you know who's a senior they would have gone with an older player Um, so they could get somebody on the court right now who knows like a limited skill set that can be put to use right now and that's not what Najee has what Najee has is uh, the ability to grow into a perimeter defender the ability to grow into a a three point shot you know um, huge motor big hustle um, you know, lots of rebounds. He's really interesting, but I, I wouldn't say that he's ready to play next to Jokic yet because he's gonna have the same defensive problems that um somebody like Michael Porter Jr. has, where you're just not used to playing with NBA players and it's not going to go that well in your first attempt.
1: Yeah, so Najee is a a nineteen year old. He has a six foot eleven, two hundred and forty five pound frame. Uh, has a seven foot two wingspan, according to his NBA combine numbers. Uh, some, some like he's he's one of the taller players that measured in at the draft, and so that's that's at least something that the Nuggets can can say with him. He's also said to be a a really intelligent person, and and one of the things that came out in Mike Singer's uh, kind of draft uh, post mortem was that he actually played piano for the nuggets over a zoom call when they, when they had their pre-draft interview and he's like an, actually a really good piano player. And so he's an intelligent guy. He like organic conversation, like somebody who like they, they felt was a good character piece that they they could bring in and would it be an immediate contributor to a good culture, if not just a, a good basketball player in addition to that. Um,
0: well, you know how they like their culture guys. Their they culture do. guys are—they're very serious.
1: Uh, some of the numbers that he put up, and again, this was his freshman season at Arizona. He was the Pac-12 Freshman of the Year, and so like that includes Onyeka Kongwu. That includes Josh Green, his teammates. There are a couple of other Pac-12 guys that could have had that honor, but it was Naji. Sixteen point one points, eight point six rebounds, two point two turnovers, point eight assists, which is a little bit concerning. Uh, 0.9 blocks, 0.7 steals, a little bit concerning, not being able to get up over a block a game. Uh, something I have a little bit of a question with if he's projected to play the five, uh, he shot 57% from the field, which is good. And he shot 29% from the three, which is not good. Uh, but scouts believe that he could develop his three point shot and at 76% free throw. Like, I think that that's a, a reasonable bet to make. Um, when I describe some of those numbers, Zach, like what what kind of a player are you are you projecting uh, based off of some of the production that he put up in Arizona?
2: Uh, to be honest, he reminds me a lot of Kenneth Freed. Um, in in terms of right now, like I kind of feel like that's. I mean, maybe not. He obviously Freed had. Uh, um, Some pretty notable accomplishments while he was in the NBA. Um, but he, he reminds me of that in terms of what his floor basically is. You know, maybe he doesn't quite get there, but you know, a a motor guy, a very good rebounder, a finisher by the end. I mean, that, that was, but also a guy who you maybe can't count on as much on the defensive end. I mean, that was, that was free to a T. So he, he reminds me of that right now. Now, obviously, Kenneth Freed never developed a shot outside of 10 feet. Um, and that's, Realistically, I mean, one of the biggest reasons why he didn't last um, as long in the league as some people might have thought. I think it's something too to remember uh, when you talk about a guy like Nanji. When you you co- you can compare him to um, a somewhat similar player already on the Nuggets roster, and that is Jeremy Grant. Or well, I guess he's not on the roster, but hopefully, we'll still be on the roster. Jeremy Grant shot. Um, 31 percent from three his rookie season he shot 24 percent from three uh the following year it was not until he got to Oklahoma City when before he actually developed uh that three-point shot and then carried it over to Denver so there's certainly plenty of precedent for a player like this to develop that outside shot and then become a much more complete player and become you know in, in the case when you look at Grant you're looking at a guy who's a uh, starting caliber guy on a Western Conference Finals team. So I think he, that's kind of, you know, Jeremy Grant is kind of like his ceiling um, in a way, but he's, and, and his floor is going to be somewhere around Fareed, and and he'll be somewhere in between there is kind of what I'm thinking.
0: Well, and the thing with the thing with Najee is you have to look at what he was asked to do in, you know, at Arizona, and it wasn't go out to the 3.1 and shoot threes. Right. That, that wasn't what he was asked to do. His shot's fine. He's And he's got, you know, good mechanics for a guy that big, um, which is always a plus. Uh, they don't have to rework his shot. You just have to get him comfortable shooting it. And that's, I mean, that's repetition. That's right. repetition and time.
2: If there's one thing in the NBA, if there's one skill you can develop um, while you're in the NBA more than anything else, it's shooting. Because that's, it, exactly, shooting is just repetition and you are now a professional basketball player your whole Life from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed is about basketball. So you're going to get plenty of time to get up shots in the gym um, while you develop yeah. the NBA. So, yeah, there's there certainly well, a lot he's of He's 19.
0: That. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. you know, that's uh, – I remember Wilson Chan coming out of college and went to the NBA. You know, he was in New York um, his first year. And, you know, his his three-point shot was not pretty. Like, I mean, he didn't ever get awesome, but he learned how to shoot it. He learned how to shoot free throws, which he was terrible at at DePaul.
1: Right. Like, th- these are things that you can get. Um, so, a little bit of breaking news that just came through. Uh, the Nuggets are signing Marcus Howard to a two-way contract after totally he went fine. undrafted. He was a, a big, big-time college scorer at Marquette. Uh, he averaged yeah. 27.8 points per game in his senior season. Uh, that's that's pretty insane. And uh, he attempted 10 threes per game, shot 41.2%. Uh, career 42% three-point shooter, 88% free-throw shooter, a big, big big-time scorer who's undersized at the NBA level, but they're taking a chance on a guy with their two-way contract to see if it sticks.
0: Well, and it gives them, if they wind up having to move Morris either during the season or they lose him in the offseason because of price, like it gives you another guy who can put up shots you know, he he ran everything. And the way Marquette also is is run as a – they're a pressure school with a lot of, um, I guess I would say, fire in their offense. Right. Um, you know, so being a lead dog and going out there and shooting, it, in the same way that you get someone like um, Monte Morris to run an offense because that's how Iowa State works. Um, you also get somebody from Marquette to burn the net down. Like, that's how that works.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm open to it. Go ahead, Zach.
2: I was thinking you get something that's very much in the line of what the Nuggets do with their two-way picks. I mean, this is is Monty Morris in a lot of ways um, all over again. You're going to get a four-year guy who's got some skills that probably translate right away to the NBA you bring him in on a two way you see what he can do in the G League and if if he looks like what you think he is you know maybe he gets some time up uh here and some spot time here and there up in the uh in the NBA particularly this year when the the two way contracts are, are less complicated in terms of you know yep. days you're allowed to spend up at, at the NBA level and you know you never know what happens but this this is the type of things that the these are the type of players that the Nuggets target with their two ways whether they're in the draft or they find guys like a Torrey Craig and PJ Dozier they want guys who are a little bit more experienced, who can in spot time, you know, come in and fill in on the NBA team. They're not, they don't necessarily look as much with their two-way deals for guys who they can develop long-term. Now, Bo Bol is obviously um, the exception here because he's he was a unique situation, but otherwise they've always kind of looked that way. So it makes a lot of sense for them to find a guy who's, you know, like I said, he's been four years in college. He's he's got the great scoring ability that should at least in somewhat be able to translate, um, you know, bucket getters translate to to the NBA. So um, it, it makes a and lot he's of small, sense.
0: but that's okay. What? Like that, the reason that he's available, well, is yeah, he's exactly. There's
2: there's always a reason that these guys are going to be yeah. out there.
1: Okay, so I I just added. Najee Hampton and Marcus Howard to Denver's roster. We'll talk about that in the third segment. Let's get back to Najee real quick uh, before we head to a break. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see whether you guys think he's going to play a role this year uh, because he seems like a guy who the Nuggets, as a team that was lacking some backup front court members and in, in having a lot of those guys go to free agency, that there's definitely a possibility that he plays immediately. Uh, Gordon, do you – actually, I'll start with Zach. Zach, do you start with – like, do you think that that's a possibility with Zeke Naji immediately?
2: Um, not unless they really strike out in in free agency. I would expect that the Nuggets yeah. – and I know we're going to get this in the third, third segment, but I would expect the Nuggets' uh, top priority other than Jeremy Grant now at this point is is getting a backup big uh, to fill the roles that Mason Plumlee and, and Paul Millsap have otherwise somewhat occupied – uh, so it would, if, if they really strike out there and they end up, you know, maybe, maybe the only thing they can get is a guy like a Harry Giles who's got, you know, questions about him as well and whether or not he can, uh, actually stick in the league and, and maybe, you know, maybe Najee beats him out. Like that, that I could see, but I, honestly, no. I, I don't think there's much chance, um, for him to get to get significant or or even meaningful minutes this year with the team because they they are still you know when you think about it he's still behind Bull. Bull. he's still going to be behind um Keita Bates Diop at this point like they're they're Chanchar, like there's a lot of other still forwards who are going to be in that same level that have already had at least a year um with Michael Malone to earn his trust so it, it's that's the thing about uh, Nanji and, and Hampton, as well as rookies, they they've got to get over that very first hurdle um, with getting playing time in Denver, which is you've got to earn Coach Malone's trust. Not too many rookies uh, have done that, or have even had the opportunity to do that, because Denver's roster is um, as talented as it is. So I do not know. I would not expect him to get too many minutes this year.
1: Gordon,
0: yeah, I agree with that. I don't. I don't think he's up for a lot of minutes. Um, that's that has nothing to do with him. That has to do with again. Um, Malone as a trust guy goes defense first and Najee's not going to have the defensive awareness yet to be in the right place at the right time to not get a quick hook even if he gets minutes so I mean we already watched it with MPJ like MPJ is a world class like you know top flight grade A scorer and Malone was like what was that did you miss a rotation on this fast break nope you're out of the game so it's not like Najee's going to have it any better. Now, Najee has, like, hustle. Najee is going to, if you're going to get him minutes, it's because he's going to just go in and crash the offensive glass like a maniac, you know, and and get put backs and, and do energy stuff on the bench. And you're going to hear Malone say after some game, I just wanted some energy, and he went in there, and he, he gave us that energy to my, to my, you know, second unit. That that If he gets minutes, that's what he's there for. Um, but I don't I don't expect him to have a significant role. I would expect him to play very little this year. Um, but again, it depends what kind of bigs they wind up getting. Like Zach says, I expect them to go after them in free agency. Um, and I expect Grant, you know, to play some some four also. So you're looking at Grants at four. If they return Milsett, maybe that's four. You right. know, you it, it depends on how many minutes you think you're going to have and whether you wind up pushing, you know, uh, more guard play now that you have so many guards. Because if the Nuggets don't trade anybody, you know, you're looking at R.J. Hampton, uh, Monty Morris, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris. You know, Will you've got to find some room. you got Will Barton. Like, these are all guys Did who are going to get pushed down the yeah down the Lord. scale, so you'll be playing a lot of Barton and PJ Dozier at the three, <laughs> which is going to push MPJ to the four, which means now you don't have those minutes for, um, for Naji.
1: Yeah, I I don't see I mean, we'll talk about Hampton with this too, but I don't I don't see either of Denver's rookies being in a position no. where they play major minutes. Um, Play well, and I mean, Connolly
0: after the after the draft, said that he he very flatly, like, I don't expect R.J. Hampton to play. Now, I, I disagree with him, but they've tried to be very clear about the fact that, yes, we drafted them, but this is, again, a future thing, you know, in the same way they drafted Beasley and Wancho for a future thing. They're not going to get immediate minutes.
1: Okay. Um uh- Let's, let's wrap it up with a, a final grade on the Zeke Naji selection. Uh, I have been talked into it. I, I was initially a little bit disappointed that they didn't go the way that I personally wanted to go. But being mature and being an adult, able to see it from the other side, the other perspective as well. And so I'm going to give this a C uh, because okay. I just need to see it. Uh, i i want i want to be surprised with the the readiness from naji and the the production and the the what he's able to do um, Gordon, what would you give this to start?
0: um I think I gave it a b minus in the round table I don't feel any different about that I think it's a fine pick I don't think it's a great like it's not you they didn't get a steal I thought they could have got him later if they wanted him but the nuggets learned you know their lesson in 2017. If you find the right guy, don't mess around, just take the guy. Um and they thought he was their guy. They worked him out and they took him. So if that's what they think, who am I to argue with them? They would know better than me. I'll give it a B minus.
1: Zach, what about you? I'm with you,
2: Ryan. I'm a, I'm a C, which is which is not you know, a lot of people uh, a lot of people think, oh C, that's a bad grade. I would like to remind everyone Cs get degrees. <laughs> All right. So. average, yo. It's average. <laughs> exactly. And that's the point. It's it's average. It's fine. Like I said, I mean it's Am I is Zeke Nanji a guy that I'm like oh my gosh this is this is somebody that that is going to be a huge uh, difference maker for the Nuggets? No, I mean I but 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 the pick makes sense to me. I understand what they're trying to do right. there, Um so it's fine. Yep. Yeah. so I'm a, I'm a see.
1: Okay, let's uh, let's take a break then, and when we come back, we're going to talk about R.J. Hampton, who was the surprise of the draft for the Denver Nuggets. We'll be right back. And we're back. Denver Stiff Show, Ryan Blackburn here, joined by uh, my two compadres, my, my two great friends, Zach Mikosh, Gordon Gross, uh, having a good time covering this draft. This was the first draft that I've covered as site manager, and my lord, it was busy. Uh, there, was, there was a lot of stuff going on, so I think we handled it pretty well as a staff. We, we got to give a great shout out to Jenna Garcia and Riley Biller, who our new intern, who has done a great job of kind of fitting in and, and assimilating into the culture that we have here at Stiffs. Uh, we've we've saw some great videos being released over there, some some nice Photoshops, and, and they did a really good job of, of carrying the social presence of Denver Stiffs. So shout out to Jenna, shout out to Riley. Uh, let's talk RJ Hampton. Um, the Nuggets, they they surprised everybody by like, I, I was confused when they drafted Zeke Naji, and then five minutes later, they traded back into the draft, and I was I was pretty flummoxed by everything that was going on. But they ended up getting R.J. Hampton in exchange for a 2023 lottery-protected first-round pick that is going to go to the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, Zach, let me start with you. Uh, did you like the deal when, when you first saw it?
2: Yeah, I— <laughs> You know, you always are a little bit concerned when you're giving up a future first-round pick because you don't know, especially one that's that far out, 2023, you know, three years away. Lock it out of it in three years. Um, but then when you saw it was lottery protected, it was like, okay, that's fine. You know, if the Nuggets if, – if a lot happens in three years and the Nuggets – you know, something happens to where they're not – uh, you know, a playoff team or just something happens that year in, in that season and, you know, say Jokic gets, you know, we certainly hope not knock on wood, but say Jokic gets a season-ending injury or something in that year and then you would be... Um,
1: Lord, don't put that into the ether. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> right. Delete this from the record.
2: But, but you guys get what I'm saying, right? There, there are things that can happen. So when when you, when you they had the lottery protection on it, I was like, okay, that's fine then. You know, I, I get it. You're, you're essentially just... You liked RJ Hampton, obviously, and, and you wanted to go out and get him, so if you are kicking the can down the road and, and giving up a first round pick three years from now, so you can get another one now to get a guy you like now, like that's perfectly fine. The Nuggets came into this draft, or well, ended, uh, went into the trade deadline of this season uh, with no picks in this draft. They end up taking two guys in the first round tonight. If... If the Nuggets need if, like a guy in 2023 in the back end of the first round where they would have normally had their pick, they'll do exactly what they did tonight, and they'll make they'll kick that can down the road and trade another future first to get one. Then, so it's it's perfectly fine if, if R.J. Hampton was the guy that they like, they, they they clearly had him targeted. Um, I've got no problem with them going out and and getting getting him in the first round and giving up a first
1: rounder three years from now. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I think that this is, this is a really interesting pick. This is a very Tim Connolly pick. This is a very Denver nuggets pick to kind of kind of see the, the guy who's falling the, the high caliber, uh, high school recruits who maybe had a down year in college or something depressed his value over the course of time. Uh, kind of like bull bull in 2019 and Michael Porter jr. In 2018, right. uh, Gordon, uh, this is a, a highly athletic player who I think we were we were happy to to see being drafted by the Nuggets in the Denver Stiffs group chat. I
2: just real quick I want to make for the record, Gordon and I both said on the pickaxe on Monday that we thought R.J. Hampton was very much a Nuggets like pick. So.
1: Yep. Hey, I I am glad I I know how to fill out a staff, guys. Like this is this is not news to me. Like I, no, we we were we were like if RJ's
0: around, that would be interesting. You know, I ended in, in the in the group chat right before the pick, uh, right before the the Najee pick. You know, uh, Zach and I both um, thought they would either take RJ or they would trade back. Right. Uh, then they took Najee, and I was like, "Well, that doesn't make." And then they drafted they R.J. <laughs> Hampton, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's fine." Um, but I, I like R.J. a lot. Um, I would view him sort of like Zach Levine, um, in the sense that he's a like a guy with a lot of burst. Um, you see how quick he is, um, just in some of his clips. Uh, watching the um, the uh, Australian Basketball Week. Um, quick to the hoop, got lots of hops. His shot looks fine. He's, <laughs> um, R.J. Hampton is a very confident person. Yeah. So,
1: did you did you hear the uh, did you hear the quote that I tweeted out that he said? Uh, it was uh, no. What was that? Uh, so let me let me pull it up real quick. I I, I want to make sure. Hey, oh, I, I know that he said part. he was going to be one of the best
0: shooters in the league. So um, I love that. I mean, that was he said that to um Shams, I believe.
1: Yeah, I expect um, to be one of the best shooters in the NBA. In the coming years, that is word hey, for word verbatim what he said,
0: and I have no problem with that. He's uh, he is filled to the brim with self confidence. So is Murray.
1: F-FYI, now, I hope those guys way. get along. F Y I. he shot twenty nine percent from three in Australia. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I well, I mean, Murray, I was Murray shoots it, like thirty four percent from three in the NBA. He he like has Murray, some work to do. Uh, we'll just say
0: yeah. But still, like, I mean, again, it reminds me of Levine, who that was the knock on Levine was, he can always get to the rack, but maybe he can't do that against NBA players, and he'll need a shot. Does he have a shot? And that's why Zach didn't go top five. Right. You know? Um, And so, when you're looking at it, you know, RJ fell, and they looked at it and said, he's a Zach Levine sort of talent. They haven't said that, but, like, you know, if you're looking at a guy who could be your lead guard... You know, uh, he's not going to be with Murray here, but could be. Like, if you can get a guy like that in the 20s, you take that every day of the week. Yeah. Like, there is there is literally no reason not to do that if you believe in him. Um, And from what I've seen, I, I haven't seen anything to dissuade me from the idea that as a kid playing with grown men in a league that encourages people getting run over like trucks, you know, he did all right. Um, you know, for we wa- from watching Tory Craig in the um, Australian Basketball League. You know, Nuggets fans have an appreciation for just how brutal that kind of basketball can be. Yeah, where fouls are kind of you know, that <laughs> it's it's pretty much like in the NBA they play touch football and in the the Australian Basketball League they play actual football. Yeah, um, that's it. It's very serious, and so. When they talk about how, um, you know, RJ Hampton, you know, well, he wouldn't necessarily stop people on a screen or he wouldn't necessarily, well, that doesn't necessarily translate to the NBA either because in the NBA, that would be an offensive foul.
1: I'm, right. I'm high on this pick and yeah. I think that there's a good reason for that because talent evaluators across the board see what he can do And see the athletic traits that he had and don't necessarily grade him that much harder for the New Zealand, uh, Australia experience than he did in high school. And he was just, he was one of the best players in high school and, and survived in Australia. And to be able to do that, like we just saw Lamelo go third overall, and he probably, probably could have gone first overall, let's be honest. Uh, RJ's a kind of, he's kind of like that. He's, he's young. He is athletic. He is versatile. He is a just, he's one of those guys that you always want to throw the dart, the dart at on the dartboard. And if you hit a bullseye, then you hit a home, like you hit a home run, a, a grand right. slam. Uh, and to get that guy at 24, uh, this is what the Nuggets tried to do when they traded down to 24 in 2017 uh, to get OG and Uh, But instead they're actually getting their guy this time around and getting RJ Hampton. Right. Um, uh, what do you think, Zach? What are you what are you thinking about kind of the initial thoughts on him and and maybe maybe what he looks like in a Nuggets uniform uh over the course of these next couple of years?
2: Yeah, I mean, so he's gonna he's very much gonna probably follow the I would think the path of Michael Porter Jr. and Bo Bowl, which is so just, you know, be prepared, Nuggets fans, you're not gonna see a lot of RJ Hampton, if any, nope. in this upcoming season. Um save for if there's some uh some injuries. If they
0: trade Barton, you might see it. Yeah, you yeah. might.
2: But even then, but but even then, I mean, if you when you think about it, like we were listening, I mean, you got you've got Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, you've got
0: Barton, yeah, so P.J.
2: Dozier. I mean, there's there's a ton more. there's a ton of guys in front of him in that guard position. But he's like Ryan was saying, he's got an incredibly high ceiling. There was some talk when he was in high school that he could be potentially a future number one overall pick in the in the NBA draft. In fact, there was some thoughts that he might be the number one overall pick as late uh as last summer. And then he—that's when he made the decision to go to, you know, the NBL, and, and things um, didn't go as planned out there. And the other thing I think we got to think about with with RJ Hampton and with any of these young guys who could take this path. So this would be true with Lamelo as well. Um, but Lamelo was probably a little bit more used to it because he had been traveling internationally for a little while. Uh, let me tell you guys, as, as someone who has, has lived in New Zealand, just because it is an English-speaking country, um, with a bunch of white people does not mean it's a similar, uh, it's just <laughs> like a, an extension of, or another right. state in America. Like, there is still right. a culture shock that comes with living in, in that country. And so as, as a 19-year-old and an 18-year-old kid, you know, like, you're, you're trying to play against men in this basketball league and you're also in a completely foreign country. Um, just, you know, by uh, thousands of miles away from anybody you know and, and just trying to make it through the year. Like, there's a lot of reasons to understand why he maybe struggled out there. But what I like the most about what he brings, um, to Denver is that he, he's got something that nobody else on the team has, which is he is right now by far uh, the fastest person with the ball in his hands on the roster. Like, there's nobody in the Nuggets do not have a ball handler who is that lightning quick. Kind of guy you know in, in some ways he, he somewhat reminds me of A Ty Lawson obviously he's um, right. taller and not as stocky As Lawson was but that similar kind of Ability to just flat out beat guys off the dribble with speed. That's something that the Nuggets have not had really since Ty Lawson left. So it's it's an, an interesting wrinkle and an element to bring uh, to the roster. And as he develops, as he gets his time in the rotation, a guy like that with that kind of ability is a huge weapon to be bringing off of your bench against tired starters. So I, I'm looking forward to him being a big part of this rotation and being a very, very I, – I think R.J. Hampton is another guy we look back at. Um, in years, years down the road, and say another brilliant Tim Connolly pick. Um, but next year, specifically, like I honestly, I would be more shocked if he plays one minute than if he plays zero.
1: Interesting. Um, that's yeah. That that's a it's it's a troubling thing if if Nuggets fans are looking for a ton of young excitement. But all they have to do is just turn to Bobo and Michael Porter Jr. and they'll probably be okay. Um, right. That's nice luxury to have there. Uh so I think that he's really fascinating uh just based off of his projected role. He's not really much of a defender right now. It doesn't mean he can't turn into a defender, and he probably he has the tools to be a defender. He's a nice wingspan, he's lightning quick, uh, but he probably doesn't have the mentality for it yet. Uh Zach Levine went into a situation where he was asked to be the best offensive player he could be, and never really developed great defensive habits. I wonder if the Nuggets take a different route with RJ and ask him to work on his defense and then the offense will come later. I'm not sure if that's the best way to utilize him, but I wonder if that's the way he's going to get on the court the quickest. Uh, Gordon, what do you what do you think his projected role would be with the Nuggets down the line? And do you think that kind of given the way that the Nuggets are structured offensively with their starting lineup, do uh, you think he could be a starter down the road even if he isn't a great defender?
0: I would expect him to be used as they were using Will Barton a couple of years ago as the sixth man the slasher the de facto point guard but not a real point guard um, you know guy who comes in for a scoring boost and for energy and just lays people out and can play 25 minutes a game yeah like I think that's basically a perfect role for him I think he'll excel at that I think him not getting drafted in the top 10 helps with convincing him that that's awesome um, you know, again, he's very confident and he believes he should be a starter, but he's not going to be a starter for the Nuggets unless he can play a bunch of defense next to Murray. And I don't think he can. So uh, he has some length. Uh, don't get me wrong. He's he's big for a guy who could play point guard. Um, but you know, it, it, it's sort of it's kind of again, it's kind of like Will Barton. Can you can you defend? Yeah, adequately, probably. Great. No. Right. Um, and so you're, you're looking at him as an offensive you know, powerhouse. And I think he can absolutely be that. And he likes to pass. Right. Um, I don't think that you have to, to teach him to pass like Barton had to. Because Barton had to learn how to play some point. I don't think you have that problem with RJ. But I think he's going to fill a similar role. Um, could be up for six-man of the year. You know, they win a title. He may be one of those guys that goes off for 40 in a playoff game. Because he's just feeling it, like those, he's gonna be a handful in a couple of years for anybody trying to defend him off the bench. Because I don't know who's gonna want that gig. Because his first step is ridiculous.
2: Right. Yeah, he's um, he's a guy who I think can certainly be be a a could be a starter at some point uh for the Nuggets. You know, he's a guy who could profiles as someone who could certainly play next to Jamal Murray, um. And give you that, and kind of give you that combo option of, of having two combo guards out there, both who can handle the ball, both who can create for themselves, and, and not really have to worry about having that true point guard when you've got Nicole Jokic on the floor as well. So I could see him definitely fitting in to where the, uh, where the Nuggets are going. And, and honestly, I, I think he has, he has potential to be a good defender. He's got the physical tools without a doubt, and he spent, he did not spend the last year playing playing other eighteen year olds in the NCAA. Like he got a crash it's course true. in in very very tough defense in the NBL. Right. So there's there's I think there's, I think there's some potential that he will he will end up being a, a very good defender. In fact,
0: I I actually if if you watched him he and he and uh, Lamelo played um, each other in the NBL. Um, I believe um, R.J. Hampton. I can find you a highlight later, but he he blocked. Lamelo Ball for the win. It's pretty dope. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty sweet. Um, I, I, the, I would not put them as being 20 spots apart in the draft, as far as talent goes.
1: Interesting. Yeah, agreed.
0: So either Lamelo was way over drafted, or RJ Hampton fell a lot. Um, and so I consider him to be a top 10, you know, top 12 player in this draft. Easy. And so I think yeah the Nuggets just couldn't wait, but I do find it interesting that they picked Naji first.
2: Yeah, that is kind of peculiar. I, I don't under I, I guess I mean unless there was some concern. I'm trying to remember who drafted right at who was the pick in between those two. I know they took Ball Merrill, but I can't remember who it was. Um, but that must have been the concern, right? That somebody was going to hop in there at 23rd yep. and take. Yep. Um,
0: and yeah, my my Najee. thing is that they thought that there was going to be somebody who's going to sneak up and get Najee. And they had this all worked out and if they took Hampton first, Najee was going to be gone. Right. And they weren't going to get the forward they wanted. Right. So they picked Najee first and then grabbed Hampton after. Yeah. Um but regardless, I I still find it interesting and I'm glad that they jumped back in for um RJ Hampton. Uh I think he was too hard to turn down and I'm glad they didn't turn him down. Um, Cause if they had just walked out of there with Najee and not Hampton, I would be grading this draft much differently. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah it, it, certainly has so
1: a, it certainly has a different feel, right? Like where, where yeah. at 22, you're kind of scratching your head. You're, the nuggets drafted for fit. And you, you understand that they have some free agents that are, that could potentially walk away. But you also know that this team isn't done developing and that there, there are definitely like some holes in their roster. Like, I think a long-term starter at shooting guard could be a potential hole for them. So I'm, yes. I'm curious just to see how it works. I'm, I love the pick and think that it's going to be a good one. Um,
0: I just want to see, I just want to see 2022 come around and they're out here rolling with Murray who can, you know, shoot the daylights out when he gets hot, mm-hmm. you know, it can also run point. You've got Hampton who can also, you know, handle some point guard duties. We don't know how his shooting will be in 2022, but he's so quick at getting to the rim that he's going to put a lot of pressure on defenses. There will be holes. You've got MPJ. He can back cut. He can shoot. He'll be uh, in full form in 2022. Uh, You're playing either Grant or Bull at the four, And Jokic. And I want to know how you roll into that lineup and go, yep, this is going to suck for us, (laughs) you know, as an opposing team. I love it.
1: I'm I'm giving this pick an A. Uh Zach, what are you giving it? Yeah, I I think it's
2: uh it's an A as well for me because it's um like I said, I don't have any problem trading a first for a first and, and just kicking the first uh, not having a first down the uh down the road a couple of years and you get a guy who's who's exactly what you want to find in the 24th pick in the draft, a guy with a high ceiling who you've got time to develop who could end up being a true difference maker for your team. So it's it's an A for me as well.
0: Yeah, I think I gave it an A minus originally, but I probably have to upgrade that to an A because I can't find the flaws in the plan. Because they moved to 2023 first, which could be thirtieth for all we know. Right. I'm
1: hopeful. That'd be great. Hopefully, Hopefully. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> you nice. know, could Go be thinking. worse. Um,
0: and, and 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 if it is, it's it's that weight because R.J. Hampton helped you get it. Right. Like yeah. that's the thing is. The Nuggets, it's weird to be really happy about the Nuggets drafting two players who are not going to play this year when they desperately should be competing for a championship this year. But it just sets them up so well for the future. Um, and the opportunity to cost, I mean, they got Jeremy Grant, you know, last year for a first and then turned around and traded Beasley, you know, and Wancho for the same first, basically. Right. So they got their first back. They can do that again in a minute by trading someone else. For yeah, first. Like, right. you can just get it back if you need it. Or you could just trade Especially a, if you're this good at drafting. In, like,
2: in 2023, you can just trade a 2026 first-rounder and do the exact same yeah, thing you whatever. did tonight. You know, like, that's that's the thing that I think sometimes people get caught up on is, like, you got to understand, like, uh, what the Nuggets are doing is just... they're They're simply going after the guys they know now today that they want and again and if there's a guy in 2023 that they want late in the first round they'll they'll do the exact same thing and find a way to go get him so it's it's not a big deal it's really not at all we're not talking about a lottery pick here we're talking about back end of of the first round those i mean how many of those picks got traded tonight you know so like it's it's not hard to get into that spot if there's a guy you like at that time just like they proved tonight so it's it's really i mean the, the, the trading that the pick is it's, it's fine. Like it's, it's, it's nothing. It, it's not
1: road damaging. Road. Yeah. yeah, you're fine. I'm I'm not worried about it because I'm hoping the nuggets win a championship in 2021. So let's not yeah. worry about the 2023 pick. Uh, that's where, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at with it. And if RJ can contribute to the championship, then maybe potentially, uh, doing some stuff over the next two to three years, maybe he transitions into a starting shooting guard at that point, then that'll be great. That'll be awesome. I think everybody would be extremely happy about that. That is more than worthy of the 28th selection in the draft. Uh, When we come back, we are going to talk about the draft in the context of free agency and how it affects what the Nuggets are going to do going forward. We'll be right back.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly.
1: All right, we're back. Deborah Stiff Show, Ryan Blackburn here. Final segment on this podcast, joined by Gordon Gross, Zach Mikosh, of course. Uh, I flipped that, guys. My bad. Uh, I know that everybody's pretty sensitive about that right now. I can't believe Uh, how insensitive (laughs) you are, Ryan. Uh, So I've been tracking Denver's financial situation for a while because I think it's really interesting to talk about what their free agents are, what their salary cap sheet looks like, and how things kind of look going forward, just based off of like whether they can whether they can bring in Jeremy Grant, whether they trade for an upgrade on the wing, whether like whatever they decide to do, I try to outline as many situations as I can. Um, this situation is very interesting because the Nuggets added a cheap contributor in the draft. Uh, the rookie scale contracts for the twenty-second pick and the twenty-fourth pick, uh, for Zeke Naji, it's going to be around one point nine eight million dollars in twenty twenty-one, and for RJ Hampton, it's going to be about one point eight three. So, they added two guys who are young, who may not be contributors this year, but are probably going to fill out the end of their bench for about let's say three point eight million dollars. That's pretty good. That's, that's, a good, that's a good position to be. You have both of those guys on four-year contracts if that's what you want. You have team control for a long time. This is why teams love to have first-round picks in the pipeline because they are very cheap for a long time. Um, the Nuggets have now 11 roster spots committed. Uh, they could always waive k job. They could always waive Bull Bull if they wanted to. But they have 11 roster spots, full-time roster spots committed. Both two-way contracts are now committed because of the Marcus Howard signing. Uh, so that leaves four roster spots. And they have seven free agents, including Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, Mason Plumlee, Tory Craig, Noah Vonley, Troy Daniels, and Tyler Cook. So let's cross off the last three for right now. Vonley, Daniels, and Cook. And let's just talk about Grant, Millsap, Plumley Craig.
2: Who's, who fills the other two-way if it's not Cook?
1: Who am I missing here? Uh, Bulbul. Oh, yeah, duh, duh. Yeah, he's on, he's on the second <laughs> two-way. And based <laughs> off of the rules that, that came out with the two-way contracts a couple days ago, it looks like the best thing for the Nuggets financially and for Bulbul and for keeping him long-term is to just keep him on that two-way contract. Um, so that's kind of what I expected. If
0: they do. if he's on a two way though, they they still have rights after the second year, don't
1: they? Yes, it's a restricted free agency with the that's what with I the qualifying offer being another two way contract. Right, um, which sucks, but they would sign him for more than that.
0: Um, they just extend him after the two way. Yeah, like, they they might. I, it and still sucks for him, but yeah, it's, I, it's, I I agree with you. It's probably what the Nuggets will do is pay him the half million dollars that the new rules on the two ways will provide him. Yeah um instead of the one and a half that he would get otherwise
1: right um so based off of the salary that the nuggets have already allocated Jokic has a bunch of money to him murray has a bunch of money gary harris will barton have contract money to them uh the nuggets have committed a hundred and three point eight million dollars to 11 spots uh the salary cap line is irrelevant the luxury tax line is $132.6 million, which means that they have $28.8 million left to spend in free agency, uh, unless they plan on going into the luxury tax, which they might. They are a championship contender. It is technically possible that the Kronkies pay for the luxury tax. They just got money for Ball Arena. Um, so we'll see if they you if they got end up doing done that. hemorrhaging millions of dollars as well. But correct, it is a pandemic. <laughs> <your assignment>. <laughs> it is also not my money. And like I, it, what am I to say that they that they spend extra millions of dollars on top of that? But I'll say it.
0: They should definitely spend extra <laughs> millions of dollars on top of it.
1: Uh, I mean, hey, I'm no no tears for billionaires in this yeah. dojo. <laughs> so let's just say. That the Nuggets' their first priority is to re-sign Jeremy Grant, is that like I think that's very reasonable in this situation. Correct? Number
0: one, number two, and number three.
1: Yep. Yeah, he just makes too much sense.
0: Um, well, and he's the only guy they can really pay that kind of money to. Yeah, um, I everyone else is MLE or, or the biannual, right? So yeah, or some sort yeah of so of so or
1: well like they can because they have Plumlee and Millsap and Craig. Like Craig is a restricted yep. free agent; they can pay him whatever they want. Uh, they can pay Millsap and Plumlee whatever yes. they want because they were each on three-year contracts. They have the bird rights for those guys. so sure, they, can, they could do that. They could do that. Will they do that? Probably not. Um, no. Grant, let's just say that they signed Grant to a $14 million per year contract. I think that's kind of the, okay. the happy average between some of the numbers. 14 to are.
0: 16 is what I'm expecting. Yeah. Okay,
1: let's go 15 then. Let's just say that they have that they have 15 million I'm gonna pencil that in right now into my salary cap sheet uh, let's go 15 million
0: and, and I said that mostly because like most of their big bidders just took themselves out
1: yeah I agree I
0: we, we've seen you know Phoenix is out now probably like I don't see how right. they would make that work it sounds like Atlanta's um, going going for Gallo. Atlantas and, going a
1: different way they they just drafted on Yaka Kongwu. At the sixth yep. overall pick, and I can't imagine that they're going to add Jeremy Grant to that as well. They it looks Correct, like they want to go Gallinari or Hayward in, on the wing, uh, which I get. Like yeah. you, you need some playmaking as well. Um, but let's say okay, so let's say we have Grant at fifteen million. I think that's a reasonable number given what his market is going to be. Um, yeah, they have at that point they have just over thirteen point eight million left in uh, space below the luxury tax before, uh, with three players left assigned to, to their full-time roster. And I think they should sign three players. They may not, but I think that they should, uh, given the pandemic and given, uh, how difficult this schedule is going to be. So they're going to want a full roster. I agree. So with the addition of Zeke Naji, uh, with Jeremy Grant coming back at that situation, uh, the Nuggets still need a backup power forward, uh, in all likelihood. Yep. Yep. Or well, Or backup power
2: forward slash uh, center, I guess, a 4-5, because I don't know yeah. how much you, want, yeah. you actually want to have rely on Bull Bol to be your backup center, who is the only... Bol Bol with the 5 would, yeah.
0: seems, yeah, seems a little scary.
2: And he's the only other guy on your roster right now you could even try and pass off as a center, so...
0: Um, uh, or MPJ's is playing center for you. Again, like, yeah, he's yeah, literally yeah, and, the next uh, biggest again, guy. Another
2: thing you don't really want to do. So, yeah, I assume they'll get some some guy who yeah can can move between the four and the five in um, free agency. That would be, I think, their biggest target after uh, obviously after signing Jeremy Grant. If they don't sign Jeremy Grant, it really throws a wrench in a lot of things. Um, yep. But
0: they have to be pretty much have to do it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. Do you think that Paul Millsap or Mason Plumley is one of those guys that that can play the backup four, that can play the backup five, and can do the things that you're asking a guy on this roster to do in that situation at a high level?
0: M- Millsap, maybe. Plumley no.
2: Yep, that's where I'm at too. I would. I personally wouldn't do it with Millsap either. I think. Um, I just think he's too short to be that. Uh, to rely too on. short.
0: Yeah. And, and, yeah, exactly. I agree with you because the only guy with height on the whole friggin' roster, height and weight, is Jokic.
1: Yeah, and uh, Naji. So you him... need another and guy that, who's like a seven foot. Five. That was
2: the issue that got them eliminated from the playoffs.
1: Right. So they need some. Size. And now that it looks like Clay blew his uh, Achilles out, yeah,
0: maybe you don't need um, the
1: perimeter defense as much.
0: Right, maybe you're – yeah, if you're you're looking at Houston and they're disassembling their roster, you know, meanwhile you're looking at people like Dallas and they're running Chris Tapps out there, you've got – and Jeremy Grant's just six inches shorter than him. Right.
2: right. You're, you're um, you know, going to have Anthony you, Davis to deal with. Um, you've got
0: AD in Los – yeah, in Los Angeles. You also need big players um, to help out with um, the Clippers. So 6-5 Milsap probably doesn't cut it, but he's your backup plan, right? Yeah. Like your backup plan is, is if we strike out, you re-sign Milsap for right. $5 million bucks or whatever. Yeah. Hopefully he agrees to that and you move on.
2: Yep, I think that's I think that's absolutely the, the way it is. Yeah, you you look for some of those. You know, there's there's a handful of names I think out there. You talk about guys like Tristan, Tristan Thompson, uh, Alex, Derek Land. Favors, not even Alex Lemmings because I think you can get. I think he's like that next tier down. I look at like that top tier of backup. Oh, you want top tier, top tier, top tier backup center suck. guys who would yeah. you can maybe talk yourself into because of the economic situation in the NBA. New Noel, yeah, Noel, the, the guys you can talk yeah. yourself into thinking, well, maybe they would sign for the MLE. Like I think right. those are your first your first group of guys that you go after. If you strike out on that, then I then agree. yeah, then you have to ask yourself: Do I rather have Alex Len or Paul Millsap? You know, and, and and my thoughts are they probably you know there's probably some loyalty factor there too. So maybe they just stick with Millsap at that point. But I would not. Like I said, I would I would let Millsap and Plumlee go. I think those are the two free agents you you let walk. I think you you bring Jeremy Grant back, like we've said. And I honestly think you bring Tor Craig back because he's going to be cheap, and you need cheap guys because yep. you don't got a lot. You're running out of money. So that that I think those are the two guys they re-sign, and then if they can go out and find that backup big with their MLE, then that's that's essentially should yeah. be the free agency plan.
0: And it's the backup big that's the issue, right? Because you already know you've run through two seasons with Millsap and Plumlee as your backup bigs in the playoffs, and it wasn't really good for you either time. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, so uh, there's no, there's no help on the roster. You haven't gotten anybody else who could possibly do it. So you have to, you can either bring them back for a third try at that, you know, in the playoffs, or you can just try a different thing. And I expect the Nuggets to go
1: a different way. Yeah. So here's kind of what I'm expecting. I think that they, they go after a big, like you guys said, I think that Serge Ibaka makes sense. I think that yeah, that's, guy. It, yeah, that's yeah, guy. that would that would be the the pinnacle, I think, of what they would want. Um, sure, I think Tristan, two years for surgery or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Tristan Thompson makes sense. Uh, I think they also explore the possibility of adding Jay Crowder on the full Emily, uh, just because they they also need somebody who's kind of a backup three four. Uh, right now, I have k Bates, Diop, and Blacko Chanchar as the guys that are penciled in there, and. Even though like, I, I think that those guys could play in a pinch, I'm not necessarily sure I want to rely on them for playoff minutes. Uh, and if you if you spend all of your money at the backup big spot, then if one of those guys in Grant or Porter goes down, then you're, you're suddenly relying on guys that you don't necessarily think you should be relying on.
0: Um, See, I just think they would push all their guards. Like, If, if the Nuggets yeah, are sticking with small. all these guys, they would just go small.
1: Yeah, like, that's what I want to guard against.
0: Uh, I know, but I'm just saying that's your option. Is that you're, you're you're whoever you get as the backup big, unless it is Jay Crowder as your three as your backup three. Yeah, like most of the other guys you could get are not going to be as good as someone like Will Barton. You want your best players on the floor,
1: and and I I fully acknowledge that, and you know that a backup big is always going to be on the floor. Uh, with Grant and Porter likely being as important as they are uh, with Barton still in the picture with Harris still in the picture, then you, you have like a, 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 you have a backup point guard and a backup shooting guard right now. In Morris and Morrison Barton who can play a bunch of minutes. Uh, you probably yep. need one big and, Dozier. Can, Dozier, and Dozier. Dozier, Dozier
0: winds up being your three really. Yeah. Cause he's big enough to be your three. Um, at least to like defend a three. He's not really big enough to play it.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, or defend smaller. Three's you're not Smaller. you're not gonna put him out there on LeBron James yeah. obviously but well actually I shouldn't say that no they, they did, did. Put him out there on LeBron
0: James yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you would uh, like to avoid I that uh, yeah but I, I don't know that Jay Crowder at like 6'4 or whatever is gonna do any better
2: true yeah I mean Jay Crowder I mean well Jay Crowder obviously a, a, a fantastic defender that's what he's known for um and, and obviously a guy with a lot of strength you know who who plays bigger than than he is tall very much a, it's true kind of like a PJ Tucker kind of guy right where. The guy, right. the guy's short, but because he's such a is such a strong defender, he can he, he can make up three inches in height if he needs to. But yeah, I don't know that. Um, yeah, I, I kind of am with you, Gordon. That it, it certainly puts them in a somewhat of a precarious uh, pre- position in terms of. Uh, would
0: you consider? Would you consider Montrezl um, Harrell?
2: Well, you can't. You're not going to be able to afford Montrezl Harrell. As I, as I think, what that's if it could?
0: Depends what happened to his market. I, don't, I mean, you, I, I
2: I expect Montrezl Harrell, which I, it's weird because we haven't heard many rumors. Um, but you know, that was a guy when before the or right when the season was ending. You know, I was thinking, there's there's the guy who's yeah. going to get twenty million a year from Atlanta. You know, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Um, and the, and maybe that's not the way Atlanta is going now. So that that could yeah potentially change because there's just not a ton of teams out there with cap space, particularly after tonight now. So um, maybe. But well, and if, it, it, if he wants to win, he may take a
0: one year. Like that's the thing. Like if you want to play, and if LA doesn't want him back. For whatever reason, you know, then uh, he, he plays on a one year and goes back in when uh, teams have way more money next year.
1: Right. So, penciling in the full MLE uh, after you give Jeremy Grant fifteen million, that full MLE yeah. is costing nine point two five eight million. Um, sure. If you give, tor- they can split the MLE, right? They so can split they it. Can do that they with can split it up to the players. To. Uh, yeah. Let's just say you give it to the full one to somebody. If you give, if you split the money between Tory Craig and another veteran, uh, if you split four point five million between those two players, then the the Nuggets would be less than a hundred k above the luxury tax, uh, uh, below the luxury tax line. Uh, So they they wouldn't be. But that only matters when you
0: win the season. Yeah, Yeah, true, true. True.
2: Tax line doesn't matter until the end of the year. They they could, so it's, it's
0: not something you worry about at the beginning. They can be over the tax as much as they want. They just have to trade somebody the deadline to get under it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it would be a tough like I because the the candidates that you would be talking about are like like Kada and Vlacko, and and that's fine. And they could they could probably part with one of those guys right. if ne- if need be.
0: Um, they could get back under. Yeah,
1: but I kind of I, I can get down with that plan. I think it's a, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's not perfect. Uh, the Nuggets would be in a situation where if if they gave it to Tristan Thompson, for example, then there and if they gave it to Torrey Craig, then the vet minimum guy that they add would probably have to be another big. Or else, if if you're in a See, situation where you have to play two bigs, then you have Tristan Thompson and one of Bol Bol or Zeke Naji. This
2: is this is right. one of the reasons that I don't think that Bol Bol stays on the two way um, next year because you can probably get Bol Bol for like one and a half million dollars. Um, as one of your your guaranteed guys, so if you're gonna play him, if you're gonna use him, then it makes sense to slot that one and a half million dollar contract into your cap figure rather than a guy for even something like the biannual, which is what like three point you know something you know so double this the money like they're gonna be right. that tight like like you said Ryan within like a hundred k um just like they were this past season within like a hundred k of going under that tax line and they they they're definitely if you're that close. You absolutely one hundred percent must find a way to get under it because you do not want to start the clock on the repeater tax for a hundred thousand dollars. Like that's right. A really if, that, if that's decision. your
0: reason for going over, that's unacceptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. So I, I just I feel like that's one of the reasons that just makes bring makes sense to bring Bol Bol onto a full guaranteed contract because again, he's another guy you can get who's going to be cheap, and that's what they're going to need to fill out these last few spots of the roster, partic- particularly if they're going to spend the full MLE. On you know free agent X,
1: yeah, I I think it makes a lot of sense, and and I I'm curious to see the types of names that we hear, uh, or whether they just decide to bring back their crew, whether they just decide, hey, Paul Millsap, some Plumley, you guys are good enough, and we're gonna just run it back, and maybe that's the right call, maybe maybe the continuity of that is the right thing, uh, Plumley kind of showing the ropes for a guy like Zeke Naji, they they kind of profile as the same type of player. Um uh, Paul Millsap may be showing the way for uh bull bull and, and really trying to help him out uh in in this situation. So I don't know guys. I'm I'm I think there are different ways that Denver could approach this. And I I think that by drafting two players tonight, by by locking into two pretty cheap contracts on the books going forward. I think it, it took some of those options away in a good way. Like, they have good right. pieces that they put on the roster for cheap, and and you don't necessarily Right, but it, get it does decrease immediate
0: flexibility. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. we were talking, you know, we only expect, we
0: didn't we expected maybe they would have zero draftees tonight. Right, yeah. And now you have two first-round contracts. Now they're later first-round contracts, mm. so it's not that expensive. Yeah, they're cheap. But it's still more than a vet minimum.
2: Because mm, there's that funky rule, I guess, in terms of cap space, right? There's there that funky rule about... Vet minimums, where it's it's always going to be like a, a two year vet minimum is all that counts against the cap, and then the rest is. Uh, this is like,
1: right. Yeah, it's like one point four million or something like that. One point six million. So that's why I put it at one point five because I feel like that's that's around where it right. is. Um, I can't really remember right now, but I. But anyway, like yeah. you know, the
0: the the slot for the draft is a little higher than that. I think at, at twenty yeah oh, like, right, yeah
2: these guys are I think it's like 1.8 and 1.9 is what they'll be paying right. these Right
0: It's a little higher yeah. than a vet minimum yeah but not much. exactly. But, no. but, but we're, again, we're talking about you know being within 100k of the right. of, of the limit. So this affects you, like these sorts of contracts affect you. but the nuggets, like having two dudes on rookie deals for four years, like that helps you out. that helps you get guaranteed, you know, um, security in the way that you've built your team. As long as those guys can play, right? Which, and uh, we will find out if
1: they can. We are we're we're really we're in that position where the Nuggets are 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 really rearing for championship contention, and they need everybody right. to be all hands on deck. And having a piece, having two pieces that can't play entirely is pretty tough. Uh, the Lakers were able to do it. They had Talon Horton Tucker, who was uh, one of the pieces on the roster, who didn't really play this past year, and they still won a championship because they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, the Nuggets don't have that luxury, but they have some really good pieces. And if Michael Porter Jr. just breaks out, then maybe some of this is a little bit easier. Maybe some of this is just a little bit uh, more simple. Well, it's
0: the reason that you don't trade him, right? Like the reason you don't trade him is you have two years of guaranteed money still on MPJ before he gets expensive. Right. Yeah,
1: he's $3.6 right now for a guy that yeah. maybe will be worth $20 million. Right we'll in, in on court million. production. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we he don't know, do but it's like he uh...
0: could. there the things he can do on the court are obscene, and so when you look at that, and you look at maybe getting the same sort of not the same kind of level out of that, but you're looking at can you know um, R.G. Uh, Hampton have the same kind of production as Will Barton or Gary Harris? Because they're making fourteen or eighteen or twenty. You know what I mean? Like they're making bucks. Yeah. So right now the Nuggets are trying to replace that production next year with somebody who or maybe the year after, I guess. It's not this coming year, it's the year after that. You're trying to replace that production, you know, even in the backup big department, you know, if your backup big is costing you the whole M L E of nine million bucks and you can replace that with three million, you know, or two million for uh Najee, then that's great. You just saved yourself seven million dollars for three years. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I love you know, it. And
0: this is this is why you don't trade these picks, if you can help it, with a guy who's as good at the draft as Tim Connolly. And so I like the Nuggets yeah, you... buying in and rebuying into the first round and deciding, you know what, we're going to take these picks, and if we're right, we've fixed some of our cap issues for the next couple of years. Zach, how do you feel about the night
2: overall? <laughs> um, I mean, in terms of just draft night, I think it's, um, I think it's fine. I and mean, in fact, I'm, ha- I'm happy, you know, like I, like I was saying, I, I expected them that, or I expected RJ Hampton might be a guy that they were going to be looking at. Um, so it's always, it's always nice to be right. Uh, right. But, um, it's also, you know, it, it, there was a reason I, I, I said that. And the reason I like that pick is because I thought that was a very Tim Connolly pick. And so I, I'm, I'm very happy to see that for the third year in a row, the Nuggets have found a guy who has star potential um with a pick way lower than where a guy with star potential would normally go so that's uh that's really nice i think you know you're still i think as a team probably trying to recover from the fact you did land drew holiday and trying to figure out what you do there but maybe this is what you do maybe you say hey you know what We're, we're happy with our guys and gary harris has two more years on his deal and when those two years are up rj hampton will be our drew holiday so there's um Overall I think it was a a very successful night after what has been a, a somewhat rocky start to the week in terms of uh roster construction.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's nice bounce back. Like you're looking at it like if Drew Holiday was plan A and we're pretty sure he was plan A and then the Bucks just, you know, threw every draft pick they have till 2030 at the problem. You know, the the Nuggets said, "Well, plan B is go attack the problem with all of the kids that have got us this far. Yep. Like, we were in the, you know, in the Western Conference Finals because we believed in our kids and we didn't trade them, even though we used to mock, you know, he, I love the fact that Tim Connelly used to tell Jamal Murray all the guys that he could have been <laughs> traded for. Yeah. Like, I love that he does that. That's exactly <laughs> the kind of shit that works when you are dealing with somebody like RJ Hampton, too, because they're so ferociously proud yeah. Um not not in a bad way. Like pride is not always a sin. Like it's okay to have pride in yourself and to work really hard and to feel like you deserve stuff and to feel like no one on a given night is any better than you. And you know, Murray's that way. Um and if they get that same thing with Hampton, I'm absolutely happy that they um that they decided to go with plan B and to play to their strengths, which is not the trade market. <laughs> You know, their strength is hit the draft, hit it hard, maximize what you got, develop your guys, continue the dynasty. Because their guys are 25 and under, you know, 26 and under. And so you're trying to make sure that what you've got now, you have three more years of Jokic minimum, you have, you know, four more years of Murray, you know, and you've got six, if you want them, you know, of MPJ control. Right. So you have all these guys for many, many years, and so you just buy in on the we're going to keep this train rolling, and they did, and I'm I'm happy with that night, you know. As Plan B, it's a very interesting
1: Plan B. I'm definitely happier with the Nugget, like I not happier. I'll that, I'll rephrase. I think I'm more positive on the direction of the Nuggets franchise than I was yesterday, and sure, I was a little bit worried about them stagnating. I was a little bit worried about them. Kind of just maintaining the status quo. Uh, but the Nuggets decided they wanted to take a chance. And whenever Tim Connolly likes to take chances, he's usually right. Like he's often more right than he is wrong in a lot of these cases. So I I feel really good about it. I feel great about the RJ Hampton pick. We will see about Zeke Nagy. I I am I'm gonna go into this cautiously optimistic about his place on this rotation going forward. Maybe he's a great fit with ball bull. Like, I, I could see that being a really nice future frontcourt pairing for the Nuggets. And if that's the case, then, well, the Nuggets are, are in a really good spot going forward. So,
0: Right. Well, and if we, again, for me, if Najee is Jeremy Grant 2.0, you know, with a bunch of rebounding, that's amazing. You know, it's not necessarily what you try to draft high in the draft, but I mean, Jeremy Grant's going to be a top five free agent in this class. So that has tons of value. It's not exciting. But it's a huge value opportunity, especially if his defense comes along because he has good footwork and he has good speed. And then R.J. Hampton could be Russell Westbrook. You don't know yet. Yeah, Russell Westbrook couldn't shoot either. Like, your opportunities are, are outstanding with the types of players you picked who want to work and who want to get after it for the Nuggets. And the Nuggets just want guys who want to get after it.
1: Who doesn't like that? I like it. I think we're, we're in a good spot guys. Uh, it's fun to be a Nuggets fan right now and they didn't have to do a ton in order to sell the Nuggets and Nuggets fans on a good future, a bright future. They have the brightest future in the NBA. I continue to maintain that. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm looking forward to seeing what this turns into. And if they hit the right pieces, if they add the right guy in the front court, uh, Maybe that's just bringing back the same guys, but if if they do the right thing, then this team is a championship contender, and they're a championship contender now, and they're a championship contender next year, and they're a championship contender for years to come. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Anything else to add before we take off?
2: Never forget to introduce me first again.
1: <laughs> make notes, Ryan. Uh, I, I am going to make that note. And and I think everybody is going to realize that behind the scenes, you abuse me uh, a lot, and it really hurts. <laughs> and I don't really yes, like only, it. Yes, only in love, my oh, friend, oh. only in love. <laughs> only but in love. But seriously, Nuggets fans
0: should be happy. Yeah, yeah, like, be happy the Nuggets are buying in on what they're really good at. Like, you know how good they are in the draft. They
1: decided to take two swings at it. Yeah. Be happy. It's a That's a that's a really big endorsement right there. Um, I'm excited. going to be a lot of fun. We're going to cover it all. Uh, We'll probably be back at some point soon. Uh, Whenever the Nuggets decide to make a move, we're going to be podcasting together. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to be stealing these guys away from everything that they love and having them talk about basketball.
2: Uh, I'll let you talk to my wife about that, Ryan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she'll she'll understand. Uh, <laughs> she that's gonna it well. do it uh, for That's okay. <laughs> whatever. Uh, that's gonna do it for this episode of Denver Stiff Show. Uh, he is Gordon Gross at G Money Nugs. He did it again. He is Zach Mikosh. Hey, no, you gotta go in reverse so order like it's, the a it's a mirror. It's a mirror. Like, come on now. Like, he is Zach Mikosh <laughs> at Zach Mikosh on Twitter. I'm at NBA Blackburn. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Denver Sif Show, and we will talk to you guys very soon.